0: Yeah, what it do Bobbin with the crew. I knew I thought you knew thought I was falling off. Blessings keep on falling through. Oh don't panic, dog, grow a bull. I can't lose.
1: No, I can't lose.
0: What's good, y'all? I am Jos so focused. I'm French the bro host, and we would like to welcome you to the Next take. Ta- 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 the the
2: take Podcast. This is episode 45. And this is a weekly podcast where we cover the
0: most intriguing Knicks news of the week. If you want to find us on our socials, you can check us out first on Twitter at The Knicks Take. <fredson> then go to YouTube and search Knicks Take Videos. And if you'd rather follow on Instagram, you'll be able to find us at The Knicks Take. Last, check us out on the Facebooks at The Knicks
2: Takes The Media. That's Knicks Take Media, y'all. All All right. We're getting close to the end. Getting close to the end. But before we get into getting
0: close to the end, sir, how have you been? This week, you know how you have moments that just change your perspective and you never paid any mind. You just move on with life with your new perspective no well this week i realized i'm a i'm my coworker called me a a crazy driver and i never thought of myself as a crazy driver i just think of someone who likes to drive you know fast Mm -hmm. get around the people who can't drive you know what i'm saying so -hmm. then i got in the car and I, i was a passenger of someone else's car and they were driving and they were just driving so much safer and you know it just made me change my perspective on my driving so I just decided to you know instead of being in a rush to go everywhere just calm down relax you know I get that from Ayaka you know that right Ayaka was a fast driver always trying to cut around zoom yep. around everybody yep. but yeah just yeah like, 100% I'd I have, have that pads switch pads. too
2: I have that switch too. I, you know, when our cousins <laughs> when our cousins came up from Atlanta and I had to pick them up, and I picked them up with the minivan, and I was, which is not usually how I drive, but they, they was like, oh, okay, all right, you 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 just handling this van, like oh, yeah, yeah, you know why? Because I'm in the city and people do not know how to drive, don't know how to drive drive dangerously which is not synonymous with driving fast like you can drive safely and yeah and and, and it doesn't have to mean that you're driving under the speed limit right yeah. there are people who are driving recklessly and driving the speed limit so yeah.
0: sometimes you just got to get around these people so that you get to where you got to get to so i view myself I as a fast driver like i always you know what i'm saying put my um, blankets on well before right. i th- Change lanes. I let people know I might zoom past you and then get to that lane. But you know, what I am saying yeah, people out here that's just switching switch lanes without putting the blinkers on, moving other cars around them. I am just like, bro, I can't, I can't get that's
2: changed. that's that that's, that's a switch that I only like hit when I after I hit get over the bridge to come down to the city or or like it's a different it's a different it's a different level of uh, you know drivers over there. You know, not necessarily meaning that there are better drivers, just just it's just different. Yeah. All right. When I'm up here, I'm just chill. I drive the speed limit or a little bit over the speed limit. I got my cruise control on. Anyway.
0: That's the I, highlight I this, of my week. This, there's no such thing as cruise control when you're driving yeah. in the city. Yeah, that's the highlight of my week. We don't got to get too much in the driving. It's still a Knicks podcast, but we did have a good Knicks week. We, we, we got, because we spoke last episode on the fact that Julius Randle's done for. I feel like we had a good week where we just got to see the youth get that movement. You're so going. rude. What? I, I'm, I'm about to say, I was enjoying the week, watching the Knicks stuff, getting ready for the summer. That's what I spent my week doing. How was your week? <laughs> I, I forget about my you. My week was all right. It, it sounded like you forgot about it. Oh,
2: I did forget. My, my week was all right. You know, Lucas and Layla both have been sick this week. Lucas. It's not COVID, y'all, Before y'all. You know, I know that's the first thing that you're wondering. It's not COVID. They didn't get the flu. They just got a regular cold, regular ass common cold. Lucas got an ear infection. So, but, you know, they seem to be doing much better now. They seem to be feeling much better. They're with their aunt right now. So they're not going to be running into the podcast as they have been known to do, but Otherwise, it's been an okay week. You know, I hung out with you for a little bit, as we'll get into later. I've been dealing with some headaches at the job, but I'm not gonna bore anybody with that. So yeah, you know, otherwise it's been a fine week. Let's let's get into let's get into the Knicks.
0: So, like I said a few moments ago, last week we basically covered Julius Randle basically being shut down for the year. We covered the Knicks' first four-game winning streak of the season after beating the Pistons, Chicago. And then losing two straight to um Charlotte and to Cleveland, mm-hmm. we talked about being eliminated from playoff discussion and Randall seeming unhappy at the end of the season. I mean, at the end of the Bulls' victory and his end to the season. So that's where we left off last week. Hmm. So going from that and
2: the madness of Randall. We started off Sunday with, we actually started, like we recorded like right as this game was starting. hmm And, whew, first thing I wanted, I wanted to note, our boy Quentin Grimes is back. I, the, I was starting to feel like we wasn't going to see him again for the rest of the season, and he showed up for this one. And when I watched this, because I did miss the first play, I watched the, the beginning of this, I was like, oh, okay. All right, that makes sense. We started off with RJ just pulling up from three. That's how we start this game off. <laughs> like, like he just but he just walks up to the three point line and calmly knocks down a three. That's okay. I guess that means that we know what to expect from the rest of this game. Knicks assumes control right out the gate. Everybody showed a little bit of something. You know, a little little move here, a little little shot here. <laughs> A little razzle-dazzle. Magic had no answers for RJ. No answers for Mitch. no n- Not really for anybody, really. Not, no answers for Obi. OB. quickly. And Knicks were up 10 midway through the second. Got a little stagnant. And Magic came back, took the lead. There were only three lead changes in this one, by the way. And this this stretch where they came in and, you know, cut into the lead and took the lead, mostly with RJ and Mitch on the bench. Once the starters came back in, in the second quarter, Knicks took over again, finished the first half with a beautiful alley-oop from RJ to Mitch to just kind of, all right, listen, yeah, we're just kind of playing with y'all. Just, here, Mitch, we could do this all night, right? We didn't do this, but we we could do this all night. And went into halftime, looking very good, came out of halftime, and uh, it was all Knicks. All Knicks. Knick, yeah, they, we extended the lead to 35 in the third quarter. 35 points. Like it yeah. And the Magic don't have nobody on that team with that. You know, all right, maybe they could come back, they're not good enough to where we have to worry about blown leads, right? 35 in the third quarter. We already know what's going to happen. The game's over at this point. Nothing to see here. Baby Knicks led by one RJ Barrett who had 27 points and they crushed the magic 118-88. to 88. Speaking of RJ, he finished with 27 points, 5 rebounds, 6 assists. Obi finished with 20 points, 8 rebounds, 3 assists. Mitchell Robinson, 12, 10 rebounds, 12 points, 10 rebounds. But last but not least, our boy right. coming off of the bench. IQ, Emmanuel Quickly with the triple-double. That's right, triple-double. 20 points, 10 rebounds, 10 assists, one turnover. Right.
0: Do we really need to talk about anything else? Like, this is the future of the Knicks. Yeah. Like, this is Obi, the future of the Knicks. Obi was a plus 46 highest on the Knicks. I mean, for all time, if I'm not mistaken, plus Plus forty. It,
2: it, it, it was some crazy stat for that with, with,
0: with Obi's plus minus from this game. Burks was a plus 44. This was just a basically second half blowout. Knicks were just mm-hmm. too dominant for this team. It was just, yeah, they were sleeping. a game that made me feel like, yo, was Jalen Suggs and Cole Anthony the reason why they beat us twice this year? And Cole Anthony only played three minutes of this game because he got injured, I believe. And it's just, I don't understand how we lost to the Magic at home twice. I can't. Understand. I didn't understand. I didn't understand
2: how we. Molly whopped them in the first game and then allowed them to play us the way that they did. It was a back. It was like a, a home and home. Like yeah. we killed them in, in Orlando. Yeah. And then they came to the garden and we were like, oh yeah, we about to beat them again. And then they, no, like we lost. Like I, I didn't understand that. This was during that whole five and one stretch that we started the season off with that. I now, to be fair to what you to uh, let me push back on what you are saying about the magic. Then they, that, that was a team full of G Leaguers that we played against this game. So, like let's 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 keep it a buck, right?
0: Yeah, they were missing Suggs. Yeah, they were missing Cole Anthony. But I feel like I pretty much saw the main pieces of their roster. Robin Lopez, Brasdekis. Ignis Is it a piece? Yeah, he's been playing on the season the whole. I mean, he's been playing in the rotation the whole season.
2: In the rotation and being a key piece to the team is not the same thing.
0: Sorry to sorry to say, I'm saying that the people that's on the roster was basically who we played against, and they're not like they signed a bunch of ten day guys, and that's who we played against. We was playing a bunch of, of the same guys outside Listen, of mainly Cole Anthony's sons. But I we got to I got on it because the season basically I'm had just, to, I'm 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 just I'm just
2: pointing out, they started Ignis Brasdakis, who only played 42 games for them this season, and averages 12 minutes. Okay. He's a a guy. He's a rotation player. He will be a rotation player next season. He's not a key piece for this team. And he started in this game. He played 37 minutes in this game. We drafted him. Love him.
0: Love Iggy. right. I'm not saying, like, he's the go-to guy. I'm saying that the players that are normally in the rotation was the same players that we played outside, mainly two or three players. True, true, true. Uh, uh, Mo
2: Bamba, RJ Hampton, Mo Mo Wagner, Terrence Ross, Markel Fultz. Like, uh, yeah, okay. Uh, I don't know if Robin Lopez is part of the future, but whatever. Th- th- this, is, this team without those guys is not the team that we are usually going to play. Like we're not going to see that this lineup next year. M- missing like that that's it's a different team. You know, they're missing key 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 components. So anyway, I got nothing else to say about this game. Let's move on to the game that we both went to
0: together. Mm-hmm. French coming off the big win, RJ and Obi were both talking about how they really wanted to get this next win against the Brooklyn Nets. And Julius Randle is not gonna be playing this game. This is gonna. This was supposed to be like a signature win for RJ Barrett. He felt like me and you attended this game. It was last minute for me, but if you remember the last time we went to the, the Nets game, I wasn't really happy to be going. I was like, I'm going to this game to see Julius Randle do all this because it's a national televised game just for us to lose, and then he gonna lose it. I, I predicted it all. I remember we had the big lead. You was excited. I'm just sitting there like, you know, like that they're not gonna keep this this lead. This is all we do is <laughs> get big leads and then we lose it. That happens. We lose that game. I left the game. I'm just depressed. This game, mommy couldn't make it. She's like, yo, you wanna go? I'm like, I wanna go. So we there. We at the game. There's a lot of Brooklyn fans in the in attendance to this game Again. as well. They were held in check for most of the first half, very similar to the last game. And mm-hmm. you were telling me that you were excited. You was like, yo, we might we might, we might beat them. And I'm like, no. We, we, we had the same type of lead last game. Mm-hmm. They have Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. And that's all you really need in a close game is superstar players. So I already knew that we would lose this game, but that did not take away my joy from watching. Even... I didn't? No, I didn't. Cause RJ in the first half had sixteen, six, and six. They built the seventeen point lead. It was a good basketball. It was a good way to watch these 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 uh young players build some chemistry. Obi had a good a good game, but Kevin Durant and Kyrie just showed how they were superstars. And the Nets were literally they were supposed to lose this game. If they if at least one of those two players wasn't in the game, we would have got this win, but when you have two superstars compared to us who only have a rising all-star, that's how it's going to go every time. We did everything we could. The Knicks free throw shooting, I felt like, is what kept the lead manageable for Brooklyn to catch up. And once the fourth mm-hmm. quarter came, KD and Kyrie just turned it up and just took the game over. We were watching the the free throw percentage on the score, scoreboard the whole game. Like, Brooklyn is 80%, and you see the Knicks is at 56, 57, and it keeps going up slightly with every free throw, but... We continuously missing, and that's what made the lead so easy for them to just come back and take. KD alone had 13 points, 9 rebounds, 6 assists in the fourth quarter, and finished the game with 32, 10, and 11. RJ finished the half with 16, 66, like I said earlier. Only finished the game with 23.7 and 7. OB had another 19-point game, 5 rebounds, 3 blocks. Point Burks had a, a strong start to the game finished the game with 24 points but in the fourth quarter he just got destroyed by Kyrie Irving on defense and offense quickly mostly struggled for most of this game only finished with six points five assists one for eight from the field and the Knicks lost unfortunately to 110 to 98 to the Brooklyn Nets Mm -hmm. and this was my first time seeing KD and Kyrie live in person and I left impressed I don't know about you they make (laughs) <laughs> what they do just looks so easy. hmm That's a fact. KD and, and there's the no just pages that's automatic. Yep. With I'm al- Yeah. I,
2: I, I'm always impressed by KD and Kyrie in person, on TV. Like, these guys are the cream of the crop at their positions. I don't know. I feel like you were disappointed at, in the moment. Like, I felt like you were talking like you felt like we should have won that game.
0: No, I was disappointed in the moment just because I'm a Knicks fan. And yeah, I mean, I, I wanted too. to see us win that game really badly, but I, I knew deep down to. that we wouldn't. So I wanted
2: them to shut the Brooklyn Nets fans in the garden up very badly. And it seemed like we were going to, even as it was, it was getting late into the third quarter. And it was like, oh, yeah, we're still playing okay. And then it just kind of all stopped.
0: One thing I did want to say before before you keep going. It might be throwing the whole conversation off track. I'm sorry about that. But there's this delusion that Knicks fans have that we're better off without KD and Kyrie that I just can't get with. Some Knicks fans. No, most. I feel like most Knicks fans are like. Oh, uh, you see what they doing in Brooklyn? We, we don't want to handle that over here. We got the state organization. We got the young core. If they if they, they would have came here, everything would have been blown up. I'm like, bro, if they was here, do y'all really think y'all would be, oh, I wish we had Quay Grimes, grinds, man. I, once KD and Kyrie's gone in a few years, we're going to be back to ground zero and we ain't going to be able to do nothing with the future. But, like, bro, you have KD and Kyrie Irving on your team and you – can maximize that for years down the line. And you don't know what can happen after that. And it's just like, I, that shit is just so annoying to hear, especially at the games. It's just like, bro, I'm, I'm, I'm still holding on to the fact that we were supposed to get KD and Kyrie and we never did. I'm mad about that, I'm not gonna lie. And watching that game was just like a little torture.
2: There's no way that you can approximate Katie and Kyrie going to Brooklyn with them potentially signing here in New York. I, I don't I don't see I don't see how you could do that. Like right? the the circumstances were just different. Right? The circumstances were different. I don't think that the moves the Knicks would have made No, I can't say that because we still had Scott Perry. <laughs>
0: Yeah, we still but have Scott even, Curry as GM. Even if Scott Perry and Stevie's GM, I feel like they would have ended up getting real GMs into the organization and got them up out of here. That's just my take. Like, if you have a superstar talent, they start dictating what's going on within the. I just think it's. I just
2: think it's different because you have KD Kyrie, and then you have RJ Barrett. We we already have drafted or RJ Barrett at that point, point. and. Now, it's just, it's just different. You have a young up-and-coming star with these two guys. Even if one of them gets hurt, you still have an R.J. Barrett that can step up if need be. He's had shown flashes of his capability to do things since his rookie season. People will say, well, he didn't play well in his rookie year. But I've felt like R.J. could score 30 points from day one, from from, from year one. I I felt like, oh, because Julius Randle and, and these guys were taking the ball out of his hands a couple of those games, he could have scored 30 and he only ended up with 20 points in that first season or 19 points in that first season. If you recall, he would be going. So I think I think that just the the whole look of how things went would just be different. Yeah, they probably would still end up with those injury concerns and things like that, but I don't think that matters as much if those guys come to New York you know, in comparison to what they've already done in Brooklyn, it's just you can't really compare it and contrast it. With that being said, uh, you know, it, 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 it's a bad look to see how Brooklyn has nothing to show for having those two guys and then, and then eventually getting James Harden and now having Ben Simmons. And yeah, yeah, like. The and you, if these guys come to New York, you would hope that what happened in Brooklyn doesn't happen here. You you bring those guys to 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 go deep into the playoffs and to make it to the finals, and they haven't made it to the finals once yet.
0: Like if so, I feel, if I feel like if Katie and Kyrie was just dropped on the roster today, take Randu and Fournier off. That's just beautiful basketball, and that's like I feel like yo. <laughs> It would it wouldn't be impossible to get to this roster with KD and Kyrie, maybe outside of Obi Toppin, because we wouldn't have a draft pick that high, right? But most of the other players that we got would be in the same range. It's just it was torturous to think about, but we don't got to dwell on it because it, it ain't never gonna happen now at this point. So, we. Just I gotta, just want to uh, say quickly: uh, learning I, from playing against a guy like a Kyrie yep. and getting those experiences, yeah. becoming a player like him. Yeah, the the, uh, the
2: the young guys learning from the from those that superstar type talent, it just makes for a better overall team. And that's not to say Brooklyn doesn't really have anybody on that team. They have a couple pieces here and there, but I just think that the overall structure of a uh, KD and Kyrie Knicks team just looks completely different from a Brooklyn team. So there's nothing to compare there. Yeah. Do, I, I also wanted to speak on something that you spoke uh, that you mentioned. RJ had a great first half didn't have such a good second half but even during his not great second half rj had a couple of moves that kept us in the game or helped us keep the lead in the game for a bit where we were just looking at each other like yeah you see that like yeah very true but for the most part in that second half he was playing like trash Mm -hmm. but it's those moves that give you the hope that in the future Maybe he won't be a KD, he won't be a Kyrie, but he'll be one of the best players in the league at his position and a top-two option on a very good team. The only thing he needs to do, and and I was saying it to you during that game, he's throwing stuff up, and it's like, yo, if you get to the rim like that, you have to finish. I don't care that you got fouled, right? You have to finish because if you get fouled and you finish, now that's three points instead of two. But the way he was shooting free throws, at least you get the two points. He finished, I don't know if you said it, he finished 7 for 12 from the free throw line, which which is obviously pretty goddamn bad, considering that you missed, what, five shots? Everybody else on the team missed at least one free throw, including our best free throw shooter at Emmanuel Quickly. Obi Toppin went 3 for 6 from free throw. Jericho Sims went 2 for 6. Alec Burks went six for eight, which is not bad. But like when everybody else is missing, like every free throw counts, every free throw counts. And I they picked, they as always, the worst game to just completely miss all of their, miss a good amount of their free throws. They lost by 12. I think they, I think they missed 15 free throws in the game. So if you make all your free throws, the, the easiest gimme shot in, in the game of basketball outside of. A point-blank lane with no defense on you? We're talking about a win instead of a loss. Probably not, but, you know,
0: it's nice to think about. It's at least a close game. Yeah, we would we, have finished a lot closer, for sure. That was, that's what's just, we got to get better at free throws. And then it's, it's it's weird because we have a bunch of good free throw shooters on the team. It's very weird. Doesn't make sense. But other thing I wanted to push back on you on
2: you made a, and you did this in the game too you made a comparison to when we blew the lead before and i was trying to tell you like it's different man like it's it's different it is it is, it is because even though what happened was the same and i'm i i can only attribute that to because we've done it so much as we're going to just keep doing it which is the failure of execution in the second half, or when the when it starts getting when the pressure starts getting tough, the failure of execution. But how many times have we seen Julius Randle be like, "I'm gonna take this game over and, and dribble the ball into a turnover, and then like continuously do it"? The same thing that happened in this game, except there was no Julius Randle. Right, Alec Burks did it one time. RJ Barrett did it a couple times. And it's like, how is it that usually everything that we do that is usually surrounded by one guy no. and maybe RJ? How are we still doing this when Julius Randle is not even on the in the game? We should know that we should know that, okay, we play better when we don't play in that style. How did how do you keep doing the same thing even when this guy is off the court?
0: So I wait, I'm not going to hold it against RJ mainly because he's 21 years old and this is the first he'll figure it out. time that he's actually getting to like be the number one option consistently. So against a KD Kyrie, you know, he wants it like he, he's going to attack and because he's playing so aggressive, it did remind me of like a young Westbrook. But where the difference where that lies within RJ is he understands where he's weak at and he's going to work on that so that he becomes better in the next situation where he's going to see that same type of defense and he's going to react that he's been showing that all year he's been he's been adjusting his game all year mm-hmm. to the defenses he's seeing he's making new moves and he's that's what you want to see from a, a young player throughout the development of a season you don't want to wait till the offseason to see what happens and what he develops in the off season at the beginning of the year and then the, defenses figure him out that's what happened with Julius Randle. he came in with a bunch of new tricks defenses figured him out figured him out and then he started struggling and couldn't get back to where he was at last year RJ he's gonna continuously get better he's gonna adjust throughout the season and that just makes me so much more excited for next year because if he picked up all that knowledge in this year and now he gets another offseason to continuously add to his game just think about where he's going to be launching. What, what his launching point is going to look like at the beginning of next year, and mm-hmm. think about where he may end. I I just remembered like three other points now that,
2: <laughs> so <clears throat> I'm gonna start with. Compl- Actually, I'm gonna I'm gonna feed off what you just said. Just remind me. I had another other couple of points. R.J. Barrett after this game, and I we like. I'm gonna complain about Tibbs after this, but he absolutely was the reason we lost this game. He failed to execute, he failed to hit his free throws, he missed Obi Toppin a couple of times, missed the open the open player a couple of times to try to force to force up his shot. And It's just overall lack of leadership on the court when you're having a bad half, right? His first half was great, so I I, obviously when you have a first half that that that's that good, it encourages you to try to bring that back. But midway through the third, midway through the fourth quarter, we still had a chance to kind of pull this out, and RJ just buried us with his poor decision making. He finished with three turnovers. But to bounce back over what you said, how we know he's going to improve as a twenty one year old, where we don't know if this is going to be something he does whenever we're put in this situation. He's just gonna, if he's gonna keep putting it up. After the game, he in the press conference, he said the he put it on himself. He said, I missed a bunch of reads. I I didn't I didn't handle it well. I had, you know, I, I missed the whole game. The whole game. I was missing guys, and I need to get better at that. And then, that's how we know. Like, if there was Julius Randle in the seat, he would have been like, "Nah, I like the looks that I was taking." Da da da. You know, just didn't go down. Blah blah blah. And he would talk about we as a team, which RJ does too. We as a team, we do things wrong. But this was a game where he he could have looked at his stat line and said, "Nah, I did. I played pretty. I played pretty well. You know, I had twenty three points. I knocked down a couple of shots. Yeah, I missed my free throws, but I had seven rebounds, seven assists." Like he could have he could have been like, nah, it was an okay game. You know, I missed a couple shots down at the end, like Julius Randle would do. That RJ completely put it on his shoulders for his bad stretch at the end of the game, which cost us a potential victory against a playoff team. Speaking of Julius Randle, and I'll get back to my other points before you move on. But speaking of Julius Randle, RJ Barrett at the end of this game said a couple of, of things that mm, I'll let you guys be the judge on who he's talking about.
1: I've said it Wait. since day one that I wanted to come here. I didn't work out for any other team. Let me
0: pause. What's up? Did you address the other two points that you remember? I will after this. Okay. I didn't forget.
1: All right. <laughs> that is since day one that I wanted to come here. I didn't work out for any other team. Um, this is where I want to be. Uh, this I, I love playing for the Knicks. I love playing in the Garden. Um, I love how we got to the playoffs last year and looking to do that again. Um, just, you know, I love everything about being a Nick. man. Like, yeah, a hundred percent place I want to be. I posted it on my Instagram story yesterday, the other day actually. Like, man, I love them Nick fans, man. Even when we're on the road, like they're always, they're always there. And it's not just me, they cheer for everybody. <laughs> they cheer for everybody, you know, just. I think one thing that um, New Yorkers just in general like to see is just this effort, you know, just effort going out there and playing hard. That's a whole fact. And um, as long as you do that, you know, I think miss shots, miss bad games, all those things happen. But as long as you out there, given that you're all, you know, for the team, I think mm. that's all New Yorkers ask. Mm.
2: I mean, he could be—he could just be talking in general because everything he's saying is true. It's like yeah. he read a script.
0: It's almost as like if he read a script, yo. It's like, yo, how does he understand his fan base this well at 21? Mm-hmm. Yet the All NBA, <laughs> like, bro, you ain't a rookie. You ain't a second-year player. You know what this NBA, what, what what this league is. You know what the Knicks fan base is. That's why you said you came here. Hmm. And then once things start turning sour, you want to start crying and acting like it's too overwhelming. This is, you can't be here no more. But the 21-year-old. We talking about Randall. Oh, okay. We talking about Randall. Oh, okay. <laughs> <We talking about laughs> he's, been, he's been in the NBA for a long minute now. Uh, and he's sitting here acting surprised that fans is booing him when he's stinking it up. Well, I don't want to say he's stinking it up because he's still averaging 20, 10, 5. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But It's not even about stinking it up. It's about the apparent
2: lack of energy and effort yeah. that he plays with. And, that, and that, as R.J. Barrett said, you could play terrible, but as long as the effort is there, they're going to support you. R.J. Right. Barrett has not had great games all year, like, but he's still going to get a chance. Yeah, he would play terrible against the Nets. Mm-hmm. He's still going to get that R.J. Barrett chance. And... And, he, and that's
0: why. And the thing that Clyde said about only Jokic and Giannis are the only two players to do twenty ten and 5. But there's a clear difference between those two guys and Julius Randle. So mm-hmm. you can't just look at the numbers and and ignore everything else because clearly what he's doing is not leading to what those guys are doing. And... The Knicks aren't successful as a result of him sco- averaging that stat line. So, yeah. Clyde R.J. is Clyde. just R.J. is going to become that guy. I'm I'm convinced he he understands what we're looking for. He, he's not going to take nothing personal. If we boo him, he understands that it's because he's playing bad, and he's going to do something to make it better. That's that's all we ask for. That's all we ever want to see. It's not about him playing bad, right? Like.
2: He played bad against Brooklyn. Not a single person booed R.J. Barrett. Like, like with with how he played in that in that fourth quarter specifically, he played poorly enough to get booed. He was missing free throws. He wasn't making his he was trying to look for the foul and wasn't getting it and missing layups. Even when he was getting fouled and they didn't call it. I felt like some of those were layups that he should have still made while 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 getting the contact because that's what the best players in the league do they'll get fouled occasionally not get the foul and make that and finish finish the the shot at the rim because they're the best in the league and that's going to be what his ability to do that is going to be key when it comes to games like that when we need him to bring us home He'll, he could finish seven for 27, but if he if in those seven, in that last quarter, he's getting to the rim and finishing through contact,
0: it's going to mean the difference between a win and a loss nine times out of 10. Yeah, but I'm not even talking about right now. I'm talking about, because R.J. Brad's going to be on the Knicks for a long time. I hope so. We, I really do. And we envision like great things for him. So once he's in his prime, Right now, we're not going to boo him. But once RJ hits 26, 26, 27, one of the top wings in the NBA, and he starts playing bad, yeah, best believe we are going to boo. And I'm saying I'm just comfortable having him be on this franchise because I know when we do get to that point where we booing him, when he maybe isn't providing the most energy like he has provided for his whole career so far, I understand he ain't going to take that personal. He's gonna take right. that and just be like, you know what? I know what they want to see. I've mm-hmm. been here. By then, he's gonna be he gonna be a vet for the Knicks, mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm, I want to see RJ Barrett the vet because if he looks like a vet right now as a third year player, just imagine a year eight player.
2: Real quickly, I don't know. I don't see how we would boo RJ Barrett unless he's still doing stuff like he did in this Nets game. It's possible because it's going to be it's going to be a case in him not figuring it out and not changing in the ways that he needs to change in order to get to the level he wants to get to. That's the only way I see us booing him. We don't boo him now because he's 21. He's young. He says all the right things. He does all the right things. And we expect him to improve his game. If he can't improve his game because he insists on doing what he did in the Nets game like the same way that Randall does, that's why we that's why we would boo him. I don't see us booing him because he has a bad game and because he's not doing what we want him to do. Because it took a lot for us to boo a guy like Melo, right? But we got to And that. we got to that point, but that's because Melo didn't want to adjust his game. He wanted to play the same way that he's been playing for his entire career, even when his game dictated that he should change it. And now he's playing that way, right, in the league. He had to change his game, but we knew that he had to change his game, and he insisted that he didn't need to. R.J. Barrett does not appear to be that type of player. So let me move on to my last bit about this Nets game. We only played eight players in this game. Mitchell Robinson was out due to illness. Quentin Grimes, I guess he either was, he, he, I guess his knee was still sore and he might have also had an illness. He didn't play in this game. We played Alec Burks, R.J. Barrett, Obi Toppin, Jericho Sims, and Evan Fournier with as a starting lineup. And the only players to come off the bench were Emmanuel Quickly, Taj Gibson, and Deuce McBride. To me, that should mean that a guy like Deuce McBride and a guy like Emmanuel Quickly should be getting 20 and 30 minutes in this game, respectively. Deuce McBride finished his game with six minutes. Emmanuel quickly finished his game with 26 minutes. Now, can I, I could play devil's advocate. I could play the other side. Neither one of them pr- played particularly well, especially Deuce. I mean, especially quickly. Quick only hit one shot the entire game. It was a three. He went one for eight from the field for the game. And he knocked down three free throws. He had three three rebounds, five assists, one steal, one turnover. Even if he will not turn the pole over like that. And that, that's the point. That's the point that I wanted to make, right? He took, he takes care of the ball. So even if he's not shooting well, he's still gonna pass. He's still gonna take care of the ball. He's gonna make sure it doesn't end up in the other team's hands. Right? Conversely, the guy who had a Good game, who is our starting point guard in Alec Burks. He finished the game with 24 points, yeah. Had 30, played 37 minutes. Shot 7 for 14. 4 for 6 from 3. 6 for 8 from the free throw. He was our best player, right? He also did not have a good fourth quarter. Right? He finished the game with four turnovers, one assist. One of them being a very key turnover in the fourth quarter when after Deuce got 30 seconds or whatever, however much he got in that fourth quarter to start the fourth, Tibbs threw Burks back out there, and he proceeded to turn the ball over to Kyrie Irving, which gave the Brooklyn Nets and every fan of theirs in the arena the life that they needed to pull this win out. Yep, It was not, I understand we were starting to lose the lead, trust quickly like he's like i don't at this point i don't understand why he's not starting first of all i don't understand why burks needs to play 37 minutes i don't understand why i I don't understand why he's not given more trust his game is not built around his shot he needs to be getting 30 minutes a night with how he's playing he just had a triple double the game before this That by itself should be like, ah, you know what? You've earned it. (laughs) You've earned it. Take the start in these last couple of games. Close the game. Alec Burks can shoot well. He's a bench player. He's been a bench player. He's not a starter. He's not a point guard. And the stats indicate it. He's a scorer. He can do a lot of things. He can rebound. He can pass. Yes but quickly is your best point guard easily five assists to one turnover in 26 minutes dictates that he needs to get more than 30 minutes in the game. Uh, Me and you both defend Tibbs, but as I've said all year, he has his flaws. Yes. He has his flaws. He has his flaws. Right. This is key. This is key in those in the in those flaws. Do I wanna see Tibbs go? Not unless you're telling me they the next coach is gonna coach as well as he has and or better. Right? I'm not willing to just be like, we gotta we gotta see we gotta give somebody a chance who's gonna give these kids a because there's flaws in that too. We could have a coach go out there and play the kids all the minutes in the world, but not give them. The consistency in coaching and, and and hold their feet to the fire the way that Tibbs has that has them playing as good as they're playing now. I need to see that. I need to see somebody do what Tibbs is doing for these kids and play them. That's what I need. I don't. I don't. I don't need to see him go. Right. I like. This is bad to ask the GM and and the, the general and the team president to do. To kind of construct your roster To save the coach from himself But he's a good coach Top coach in the NBA Uh, I'm about to go off on a tangent I'm just gonna Instead of going off a tangent I'm gonna make two points And then we'll move on We lost Woody Right We lost Woody last season We never replaced him We lost Kenny Payne We lost Kenny Payne We haven't replaced him These are guys who have been key from what i can tell and why we've played well give this man those coaches back give him an offensive coordinator or something like that and let's move on next season and we should play better regardless of who's on this team yeah now unless you have something else to say french
0: we could go into the next game very good
2: so where I can speak even more, because this is my game too. <laughs> Luckily, I don't have much to say. Right, we played against we played against the Wizards. Got a- Knicks got off to a really slow start, picked it up after RJ calmly knocked down a couple of pull up mid range jumpers. Which, side note, if RJ can hit that consistently, we're gonna see him take over in games like like he didn't do against the Brooklyn Nets, mm-hmm. right. Instead of trying to force the issue and try to get that foul, he's going to make the defense uneven because now he can score from three from the mid-range and in, and in the paint. That's going to be key for him. He got mauled on what should have been an and one in the first quarter, but he knocked it down anyway. Or I have mentioned that before too. Knocking those down is going to be key. Can't just throw it up and hope that you get the call. You got to try to finish through contact.
0: Mm-hmm. I know exactly what play you talking about too.
2: Mm-hmm. Quickly, also knock down a pull-up long two, right underneath the three-point line, at the end of the first quarter. It's going to be key too, right? Everybody's going to be scouting quickly for that for that three. They're not looking for him hit, trying to pull up right underneath the three-point line at the top of the key. Yeah, so like, that's going to be in a floater. Exactly. That's a shot that they that if he that's in his arsenal, it's gonna be it's gonna possible
0: to guard him. Exactly, because he's already quick. He's already quick. We he's gonna be so dynamic of a player once he got it all figured out. Because he's already a really good defender, a really good passer. And what did you say about him? What did you say about him?
2: What did you notice about him in that Brooklyn Nets game? You said it right in
0: the middle. What did you say about him? I don't remember. He's He's so fast oh yeah yeah in person that life in person is quick is quick and he's a really good shooter i can keep going he has a really good floater <laughs> quick is gonna be a really really good nba player for a really good long time when's the last time oh. we've said that about someone we've drafted hmm. who could play point guard Right? Never.
2: Anyway. The entire game, Obi, Jebediah. <laughs> I just Topan. made up that that <laughs> Topan. <laughs> Topan <laughs> <laughs> Took advantage of the Wizards by just beating everybody down the court. Like every every missed basket, made basket was like track me. He got six easy points in the first half alone on assists from both quickly and deuce. Just run into just running to the rim. They just Oh, okay. And he'll, even if the dude is next to him, if he's faster than them, he'll all right, I'm gonna put the the jet the jets on, grab it, and I'm gonna just lay it
0: in or dunk it. And Obi's another one. So many skills that he's developing and he's becoming so yep. good at. Yeah. yeah it's he's he's
2: developing that mid range. You seen that mid range jumper he's been knocking down? knocked down a fadeaway mid range too. Boy. Anyway. Midway through the second quarter, we had the, probably the biggest blow of the season. Luckily, it it came with in the second to last game of the season. RJ Barrett, who was in the middle of bringing us back, you know, into a fir- bringing us into the first half comeback from double digits, we were down ten, eleven, twelve points. Made a nice little pass to Jericho Sims, and I don't know if he knocked knees or if he landed wrong. Look like he landed weird and. It it did it, it didn't look good. Yeah. Jericho Sims knocked down the lane. RJ crashed into cameraman or somebody he was down in the sideline and he did not get up holding his knee. Did not look good. Everybody was hold held their breath. Eventually he did come back into yeah. the game I for a couple of minutes. He's on a poke like he... ten
0: minutes and then jumped right back up and was right back in the next play.
2: Right. It, But then eventually he did point to the sideline, asked to get pulled out, and he never came back into this game. Right now it is looking like he had a sprained left knee. It's being classified as a sprained left knee. But once again, scary moment for everybody as we wasn't sure what happened to the face of this franchise. And uh, yeah. I I don't expect to see him in this game tomorrow against the Raptors. I don't really want
0: to. I seen what I had to see from last year.
2: It's fine. We know we, we, we're already good. Like whatever he's already earned, whatever he's going to get in this off season.
0: Mm -hmm. OB went six for nine from three, this game. I couldn't wait for you to say it. I'm sorry. I'm just like, (laughs) let me, let me,
2: let me, let He's ready. (laughs) First of all, he knocked down a three while getting fouled to end the first half. Like, like right before the half ended, he got fouled. They called it. it's said, and he knocked down the the and one, which gave us a nine point lead going into the half. That was pretty much the end of the game. Like, once once Obi Toppin is knocking down threes while getting fouled, like, yeah, we don't need we nothing else to say. Knicks never looked back after that. Extended the nine-point lead to 26 in the third on a stretch of hot shooting from quickly topping and Fournier. Those three hit 12 out of 18 in the out of 18 from behind the arc in the third quarter alone. Obi stepped up in the absence of RJ finished the game with 35 points. 35 points. You heard me. 35. 35 of them things. Final Knicks, 114, Wizards, 92, and I don't know. You might want to call me Nostradamus or something like that, but didn't I say Obi needs to start knocking down that three? I do believe I said Obi needs to knock down that three if he wants to be a starter in this league. I do believe I've said it. I've written it. I've mentioned it. People are upset that he's been relegated to going into the corner and and all this stuff, and they're not running enough plays and sets for him. And I'm like, no. Like, yes, we can just let him do the stuff that he's already good at. But for us to unlock Obi Toppin, he needs to hit that three because it makes everything else just, it makes it so much difficult for the defense to account for him. If they have to account for him for three, account for him on the fast break, account for him on the, on the pick and roll, account for him
0: pulling up for mid, It just unlocks so much for him. Let me let me ask you a question, right? Yeah. Are there three power forwards in the NBA who you view as perfect, a perfect matchup for Obi Toppin? Like Like, to stop him. him? Yeah, to defend him. In the NBA. Uh,
2: Giannis? KD. LeBron James, no,
0: nah, nah. that's about it, though. LeBron is not going <laughs> Obi. No, not, you know what? He not gonna You're right around the <laughs> He's he he he's like,
2: uh, yeah, I lost him again. Sorry, somebody else gonna have to keep up with that boy. I'm yeah. 30, whatever.
0: Yeah, maybe so, Draymond. Draymond could probably no.
2: Uh, Draymond is Draymond will have will, will be able he's to stop some to things. Yeah, he's not going to be. He's gonna not going to be able to jump with him. I don't think he's going to be able to chase him around for 48 minutes.
0: Up and down the court. Yo, year five. I think over. so. Oh my God. Yo, this team is going to round out to be I'm, something. I'm, sh- cool. I'm sure I can. I'll, I'll eventually think of a
2: third and maybe even a fourth person. But right now I'm just thinking Giannis and KD. And that's only KD when he's like locked in. Because KD be... be tripping on defense sometimes too but he showed even against against us like when, it, when it's lockdown time he'll play d right same with Kyrie. when it's lockdown time they'll play d but that's only when it's time for them to lock in and, and yeah I, I don't know but we yeah that's to a tough that's a good we did it but i was gonna finish this game off by saying yo he needs to start next season i don't care Right, unless you're telling me that we getting a bona fide starter at the point guard, there's no reason that Quickly should not be starting. I don't care if Alec Burks is on his team. If Alec Burks is on his team and Thibodeau is coaching this team, and Quickly's not starting next year at point guard, and we don't have a clear starting point guard on this team, I, I will I'll be one of the first ones to say fire Tibbs. Because at this point, there's no excuse. There's no excuse for him to not be starting now. But you know what? It's late in the season. Okay, cool. Well, we're not going to mess yeah. with the rotation. Quickly has – has maybe quickly is playing as good as he has because of when he's coming in the game, the rotation, the players that he's playing with. Okay, cool. Now we have summer. We have summer league if he plays in that. We have training camp. I, We've seen what he's done to end this season. If this roster looks anywhere close to the way it looks now, I don't care if Julius Randall's on this team. I don't care. I don't care. I don't care who's still on this team. Quickly needs to be the starting point guard. Point blank period. Unless you bring in a guy. He finished this game with a double-double. 23 points, 10 assists, 9 of 18 from the field with four shots coming from downtown. Six rebounds as well. That boy, good. Hold on. Let me say it again. God,
1: that boy is good.
2: Stop playing with my boy quickly. Speaking of assists, though, Obi Toppin, I just want to point out, he only had one assist, but when you spend 38 minutes basically beating the other team on a fast break, you don't really have enough chances to really pass the ball as much as we know Obi can pass that thing. Obi, Obi, Obi can pass Obi, the Obi. ball.
0: Obi.
2: But, but if he's just, if, after misses, he's just going down to the court and the yoke, oh who's he gonna pass it to He the only man on the court He's the only man by the rim over there he can't pass it to nobody so what is this for Obi Toppin. that was the other that was the other stat that i kind of wanted to mention but that, that just goes to show how active he's been on the fast break all right okay. french i've been talking for a very long time is there anything that you specifically want to talk about i have some topics if you want to talk about those topics for
0: me I, I could do great it for sure. uh, The next topic of the week <laughs> is, in your words, should we fight to keep Mitch? He can sign a maximum four year, eight oh sorry, fifty five million. I got to put my glasses back on. I wasn't expecting that. <laughs> four years, fifty five million uh-huh. total. Most executives believe that the Knicks, having Robinson's bird rights, they won't allow him to walk for nothing. Obi's emergence and Julius preparing to move on. Obie's stats this week, he had 20 against the Magic, 19 against Brooklyn, 35 against the Wizards. He's been balling. Julius unfollowed everyone except his kids on Instagram, deleted all posts with his teammates and his wife, except for the slam poster with RJ, per Macri on his latest Knicks, fan, or Knicks Film School newsletter. I think, I I think, from these topics this week, Mitch has become a little bit of a priority at the same time as become expendable, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. I agree because it it's a priority that we have to address more so than a priority that we ha- that we have to keep Mitch. Mm-hmm. Because without Mitch we have Jericho Sims outside of him. We have Taj Gibson and that's pretty much it Mm -hmm. because New Orleans can't be, be, be relied on to be healthy for a full season. And we possibly could find a big man in this draft. Who's going to be able to replace what Mitch brings to us. I haven't seen a a prospect that stands out in my mind, maybe a Jalen Duran. But I haven't even really done much like scouting on him yet. But I I did mention that I mentioned off the podcast to like some some friends of mine the idea of a Randall for Rudy Gobert trade. Maybe it's not likely, but maybe a trade like that would make the most sense for the Knicks instead of trading Randall for a high-usage player who's going to take away from R.J. Barrett, provide him someone who who's able to bring the same kind of defense that Mitch, Mitch brings as well as a little more creative offensive versatility. Maybe a, a, a player out there would be open to coming to the Knicks and being a starting five, and we have Sims come off the bench with Taj, and, and for whenever there's injuries, I'm fine with that, with that type of outcome. Obi playing the way that he's playing makes it so that he could basically basically play the flop, the five, some, some games, because he's provided enough evidence over the last few games to me that he can be relied on to make a three. And if you tell him to prioritize rebounding, I feel like he can do a good job of that too, because he's always finding spaces on the floor to get to the ball, whether it's an offensive. Can he protect the rim? He can get to a point where he can be a rim protector. I feel like all he needs is help from his, his teammates to be that, but he's not going to be a Mitchell Robinson. It's not going to be even close. He has verticality to be able to block shots, but he doesn't have Mm -hmm. physical physicality to be going against big men like that yet the fact that you said
2: help from his teammates automatically says he's not mitchell robinson because mitchell robinson is the help for his teammates with how he plays defense yeah. right he could play in the block he can step out and, and 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 help assist with the perimeter player he can stick to the perimeter player if that's what he has to do all the way to the rim He's blocked three point shots. He's blocked floaters. He's he's blocked passes to 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 on lobs, and he's protected the rim, and he's one of the best offensive rebounders in the league. So I kind of want to just exclude Obi Toppin from this discussion. I, I just want to make it about Jericho Sims and Nerlens Noel. Are you going to be mad next season if we lose Mitch?
0: We trade him for... Yes. Yes. Why? Because, Because I don't think Noel can be relied on to stay healthy for a season, and that's going to provide dysfunction within the rotation. And it's going to make us rely on... Some 15th man center to come in whenever Noel is hurt to be the backup center. And it's going to force Sims to play an abundance of minutes. That's going to probably be too much on him. And now Sims is going to be at risk for getting some type of foot injury because he's out there jumping all over the place for 40 minutes a game. It's just not, I don't think it's going to work out best if we rely on Noel to have I, such a, a a a vital role to this team's success. I think if I he's a backup, you. yeah, it works. If he's a backup. I hear you. I hear you. This is
2: why I'm not concerned. As much as I hate and and I and you remember when before the season even started, I was like, I really don't I really don't like this contract for Newlands Noel. I really don't think we should have brought him back. Yeah, I remember that.
0: I didn't really have a big deal. I mean, a a big problem with it. But now I do. If we can't get him off the books. And I admit it. I was like, listen, this is
2: clearly, you know, this relies a lot on the faith that Mitch Robinson is going to be healthy this year too. But Mitch is better than New right? I I, I said, I feel like if we had him against Atlanta instead of New or with Nerlins, that series goes much different, right? Mitch is obviously the best five that we have on this team. With that being said, Nerlins held it down all year last year for us. Is he going to be Mitch if he's the starter next year? No. Is he going to be good enough at the five? Yeah, I think he will. And if he does get hurt, if he does have a similar situation to what he had this season, I'm okay with Jericho Sims filling it like that. I'm okay with that. I'm okay with nerland's Noel plan starting. Jericho Sims coming off the bench. They split the minutes the way that Mitch and nerland's Noel was supposed to this season. If nerland gets hurt, Jericho comes up. And then we have some journeyman five, or Taj Gibson manning the five behind him. I'm not scared about Jericho Sims playing 30 plus minutes because Jericho Sims is built differently than Nerlens Noel and Mitchell Robinson. Jericho Sims
0: is what six ten. He got he, a lot of muscle. He's he, jumping very high. Yes, yeah, that's well, what I mean. Time you're done for the season. Uh, but this is not. But.
2: We're saying that about a built 6'10 guy. And we're comparing him that is a thing for seven foot lanky guys like Nerland Noel and Mitchell Robinson, right? That's what they are. Those are the guys when you're more than when you're more than seven foot and you're a lanky guy like that, you're more prone to those image those those injuries playing 30 plus minutes, right? Playing 30 30 plus minutes, jumping around, running and hurting your toe and all that stuff. That's that. That was the problem with Joel Embiid back in the day, right? He's more than seven feet. The whole guy he has to run around. He's playing thirty plus minutes. Those are the type of guys. I f- really feel that Jericho Sims is built to play significant minutes. Right? He is more of he is built more like Draymond Green, yeah. than a than a Joel Embiid. He is built more more to that type. So even though he's an athletic guy and he gets up high, I give you that. And when you when you're athletic like that, yeah, you could get injured. You're more likely to get injured. I'm not as worried about it as I am a Mitchell Robinson and a New Orleans Noel. I do think that he's built to 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 carry that load at least for a season. So I'm not worried. It'll be a little annoying to see Nerlens start in, but nerland's has earned it, and that's why they gave him the contract. As much as I disagree with them giving him the contract as much as i felt like they should have not given him the contract and they should have extended mitch instead i understand why they didn't do it but i i i always we saw this coming from mitch we knew it was a possibility it was just about when it's going to happen and now you've put yourself in a situation where you can lose mitch for less than what you could have got him for in the off season. Less than what you could have gotten him for at the trade deadline, and you know that's that's poor asset management to me. When you could have not signed Nerlens, extended him, and then got way more. Unless you have more to say, I I kind of wanted to also talk about R.J. But we already talked about R.J. before. We're both team max him out and call it call it a day. Or I, I, I'm team max him out and call it a day. Do what you got to um, do. For sure. And bring him up. Do what you got to do. It. That's it. That's um, what you got to do. He needs to be. He's the next Patrick Ewing for us. OB's emergence and Julius preparing to move on. We've talked about OB. I don't know if we can really say too much more about OB. If he's doing this now at the end of the season, can he do this next season? Right? I think the argument could be made that he's doing this against bottom feeders, against not really great teams. He did score 19 against Brooklyn. He probably should have scored more if if RJ would have looked for him a little bit more. I think he could have gotten another 20 piece and, and RJ kind of froze him out a little bit. Uh, do we think he could do this next season if we get rid of Julius Randle and we give him that that starting that starting power yes. forward spot? Yes. Okay.
0: He's I, nothing much too, to talk about there. He's a mobile four that you you, you don't see anyone like him in the NBA.
2: If that three is
0: still knocking next
2: season the way that it did to end last season the way that it's knocking now, I'm
0: fine. I'm yes, maybe get out as Julius Bridges is the closest comparison to Obi Toppin. That's the only that's the only other player that's similar to Obi Toppin that I can find is Miles Bridges. I like it, but Julius, let's finish off on a good note. Yeah, how do no, you feel I... about Julius? On, what happened? No, I was saying I combined both these topics when I addressed it. I was saying we, we address Mitch by, by dealing with Julius via trade, go for a big man, or I don't really see many other areas that are such a significant need outside of point guard and center. I'm going to be honest. I like Tata Washington, but I don't think he's going to be the starting point guard. So I think so (laughs) quickly is going to be the starting point guard. And we have to figure out who's gonna be the backup. That's what my dream scenario is. And the the idea for Taita to be a backup point guard if we draft him. I like it a lot. He could be another Emmanuel Quickly off the bench. He's a much better mid range scorer, I feel like, than Quickly is. But the to address Randall, I feel like we gotta address Randall by trading him for a big man to replace noel or mitch one of them is not going to be here next year
1: all right
2: all right french i guess we can just move on to To predictions right predictions last week Uh french correctly predicted that the knicks would go two and one which they did by beating handily both the Orlando Magic and the Washington Wizards, so he will get to choose his prediction for the final game of the season, where the Knicks play the Toronto Raptors at home
0: in the Garden. This is like French, the third week prediction? in a row, ain't it? See, I'm, no, I'm on a no, winning it's not. streak. It's Oof. not. It's the second. I started last week, didn't I? Yep. But second it's all right. right. It's it's cool. It's cool. Second week in a row. That's two. This this, last week. this week we're going to be playing the last game of the season, the Knicks versus the Raptors. I just said and that. because it's the last game of the season, we're playing in the Garden at home. The Knicks want to end the year off right, send the Knicks fans home with something to look forward to next season. We're going to it's going to be a tough game, I'm not going to lie. The Raptors if this wasn't the end of the year at home, I would have picked 0-1, but because the Knicks have some type of energy right now that they've been playing with, intensity that they've been playing with, even in the games that they lose, I don't really see... Ha- Let me see the standings. I, I I could check the standings right now and see if the game means anything for the Raptors. They're probably going to be benching a bunch of uh, players, so I'm just going to go Knicks 1-0. What's your take? You have any other any other prediction? Oh, I'm pretty no. sure.
2: <laughs> I'm pretty sure that the Raptors are locked in at the five seed. Yeah, at so they 48 mean, and 33. With 48 and 33, Philly is ahead of them at 50 and 31. Chicago is behind them at 45 and 36. So they're probably not playing nobody. You are correct. The Knicks should take this one. But since we only have one game, I there's only one prediction I can make. If that's 0-1, the Knicks will lose. So you'll probably win for three in a row as you tried to give yourself when it was actually two in a row, but you'll get there. So well, Give me an explanation of why it's 0-1. All
0: right, plugs. <laughs> French, you got anything you want to plug? I have a recommendation this week. Shout out to, first of all, shout out to my girlfriend. First and foremost, always. Hi, Jaya. Jaya had some friends over this weekend. Shout out to Marcel and Christina. We had a a nice little movie night, the first night that they um, came into town from Boston. And Marcel was like, yo, there's this movie you guys have to watch. It's the craziest movie I've ever seen in my life. You know me. I don't need no description after hearing that. I'm like, what's it on? We Google it. She said the the movie is called Changeling. Angelina Jolie is in it. I look it up. It's on HBO Max, people. I'm not going to give you any information on this movie at all other than it's directed by Clint Eastwood. The starring role is Angelina Jolie. And the story is the craziest story I've ever seen in my life. I'm going to side with Marcel with her statement. We watched this movie together. It's a little bit of a long movie, but it's a really, really. Good. Recommend everyone to watch it. I believe it's on Hulu as well. Go and check that out. HBO Max, Hulu, the movie's called Change Link, one word. What about you? You have any recommendations this week?
2: Now, I, I think I've seen Changeling, but I don't remember it. So I guess I got to watch it again. It's got a 62% rating on Rotten Tomatoes, but I I will definitely check that out. There is something that I've been watching, but I can't for the life of me remember what it is because it's been probably about four or five days since I watched it. So I'll just bring it up next week when we are back. All right, y'all. It's that time again. Please
0: like, share, comment, subscribe, share. Comment, subscribe, share and again. Everyone you know that's a new company. Say, hey, the Knicks Take Podcast is a really good podcast. Should get yes. should
2: go ahead. Should give it a listen. Smack, smash that like button. Yeah. Please do everything you can. We're gonna try and finish up this season strong. Try and do a lot more things. Try to get ready for the next season. Season three of the next of the Knicks Take Podcast. Once again. We appreciate y'all. We love y'all. Thank you for listening to...
0: The Next Take Podcast.
2: That intro music was Broadway Boom by Gotti B, formerly known as Bugatti Blade. You can find us on Twitter at the nicks take you can also find us on instagram facebook and youtube thank you for listening